Hello, everyone. Joshua Gilliland here with my partner, Jessica Meterson. Hey, Josh. How are you? I am feeling marvelous because we're here to discuss <laughs> Jessica Jones Season 2. But um, Jessica Jones. I love that Jessica is getting the love. It's a great show. I love the Noir musical intro. Yes. They do go to town on attorneys in this season with a baseball bat, so we're going to talk about that. And, <laughs> and then there's the mommy issues as well. But oh, Who doesn't uh, have those? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> this, this, this turns the dial up to 11. <laughs> you know, I, I go like, oh, you, you're drinking whiskey a lot? I, I understand. Um, yeah. I want to do laundry for you. Um, <laughs> let me... It's not weird. I want to do some painting in your apartment. I gotta clean the kitchen. I want to help you. <sighs> Don't oh. hurt me. Uh, yeah. So let's. I mean, like this is a pinata of legal issues right out of the gate. It is, and let's just say spoiler war- warnings. Obviously, for everybody, we are going to be talking generally about the season. Although I have not finished the season, so I have asked Josh not to spoil. What happens at the very end um, with the mommy issues? But uh, I am almost there, but I've got a couple episodes left. Yeah, so we won't get past episode nine in this discussion, but there's a lot of room to, to cover there. So one of the first big issues for Jessica Jones is a client asks her to murder the uh, the, the the pizza boy who <laughs> who is is doing you know late night porn uh right out of the gate and so the pizza mom is not happy and she wants the employee pizza baby killed because he's sleeping with a lady under the auspices of delivering pizzas which by the way was a plot of a great movie in the 80s called lover boy right with um, Patrick Dempsey, McDreamy. Do you recall this, or do you not recall this movie? Yeah, um, I, I don't think I ever saw that. Oh my God! Can't buy me love, lover boy. Patrick Dempsey was like a teen heartthrob back in the late eighties, early nineties. I'm not quite sure, but sorry. Yeah, I just realized that that is the plot of Lover Boy, Pizza Boy slash Lover Boy. Get a little something extra with your pe- with your pepperoni pizza. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, let's try not to go blue on this. Uh, <laughs> That's it. I just don't know legally if you're allowed to tip in that situation. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh. Anyway, sorry. I just it's late. I go that way. Okay, so back to the legal issues. I will say I'm now afraid to go into pizza parlors because I had no idea that yeah the people making the pizzas had such a bloodthirst. So that is uh, a little scary. Yeah, I don't. Just as we might feel offended by what the lawyers do in this, I think pizza people make pizza for the love of the pizza because pizza's there for you. Pizza's there to make you happy. It should be a happy food. Yeah, I just, I, and that that pizza boy was making that lady happy. Uh, (laughs) But he made the pizza mama very unhappy. And you can't do murder for hire. Ask you cannot solicit, right? You can't solicit anyone because Jessica would have been the one doing the murder for hire and she said no. But yeah. you can't solicit anyone either to murder someone. So if the, the pizza mama had been arrested, she could be 
Jessica was right by saying criminal solicitation. That mm-hmm. that, that is a thing. Um, if she had agreed, that would have made a conspiracy. So there was no conspiracy because there was no agreement. So yay, uh, that's a good thing. But um, you you can't do that. Uh, it raised all kinds of great issues with the pizza mama going, you're a vigilante. You take law into your own hands. You you snap that guy's neck. And Jessica going, no, 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 I, no. no yeah. No. Snap one guy's neck, you get a bad reputation. It's like, yeah. Um, not her thing. Uh, no. uh, but so that's, it was nice seeing that right at the beginning something fun, something for lawyers, and it was relatively accurate for the analysis. Yes. Um, Yeah, Jessica, actually, she shows several times throughout the season, and as a good P, I guess she would. She does seem to know the laws um, and know kind of, you know, what different classes of things are. There's a reference to attempted murder later on, and she talks about, you know, what class of felony that is and the sentencing. She is obviously very smart. Um, I'd say the other thing that obviously started off right at the beginning of the season that interested me on multiple levels was, of course, the plot of my favorite character. I mean, well, I love Jessica Jones, and I love Kristen Ritter, but I Carrie Ann Moss as Jerry, the badass lawyer and bad lawyer. I just love watching her and her storyline. And so her whole storyline with obviously getting the horrific, uh, terrifying diagnosis of ALS and how she copes with that and the issues that brings up at work, I thought was actually, I could have watched a whole show just about that part, especially corporate or the big firm fighting over it. It's funny you say that because I despise Jerry Hogarth because she represents every negative lawyer stereotype and the firm represents every negative Larry, uh, lawyer stereotype down to Panama Papers type behavior and other shenanigans that are just unacceptable. Lawyers well, are- yes, they're bad, but those are the fun ones to watch, the good lawyers to watch. I mean, I guess Matlock, I don't know. It's more fun to watch the bad lawyers. Well, this is validated the for those who have wondered, you are the bad girl and I'm the good boy. <laughs> so, our initial reactions of like, no, that's wrong. And, and while you're snapping your fingers going like, yeah, bring it on. So um, people can learn a lot from us right now because <laughs> because of our reactions to that. That's right. Um, yeah, not my bag. I I had a huge problem with her from I mean, I, re- I respect the fact that getting a horrible medical diagnosis is devastating. Uh, the, the response to that was not a healthy response of doing cocaine, bringing three hookers home for an orgy. None of that was good. And it's all illegal. All illegal. That's, and in New York, if you're, if I remember it right, I, I need to verify, I think New York was, if you're convicted of a felony, it's instant disbarment. So I don't think what she, the cocaine might have been a felony. And again, civil attorney, not a criminal defense attorney. What she did was naughty. Um, throw in a couple other things that of uh promising specific legal results 
to potential uh, clients, specifically somebody in jail saying, I'm going to get you out, that's not okay. You can't go around promising specific legal results. That's a huge ethical violation because you don't know how this is going to turn out. Uh, All of that that aside, what her partners did was wrong. Absolutely, Absolutely wrong. It is wrong. And before we get to that point with the partners and what's going on there, one interesting thing, though, that I was thinking about, yes, you cannot promise, like, you can't guarantee results. That's one of the rules as a lawyer. You can't do that. You can talk about your skill and why, you know, you think this case is a winnable case. So she did cross that line. What I thought was interesting is from a contractual standpoint, right, forming a contract, I'll be your lawyer, you know, I'll represent you. Can healing be considered consideration? Because you always have to have some sort of consideration. Usually it's money, but it can be services rendered. So I thought the idea of offering the healing, of course, if it's a fraud, obviously then that would be called fraud in the inducement. If you know that you can't actually offer or make that, uh, if you're promising something that you know you can't deliver on in order to enter into an agreement or get somebody else to enter into an agreement, that would be called fraud in the inducement. But in this case, normally with fraud in the inducement for a contract, you just undo the contract. Here, of course, you can't because unless she somehow finds a way to put him back in jail, which would probably be, again, a whole other host of illegal and unethical things. But I was thinking about that. Yeah, She uh, stated that she knew about two other crimes he had committed that he wasn't charged with, uh, something along those lines, um, she would have a duty of loyalty to him that she can't then throw him under the bus or tip the DA off about other wrongful acts that he did as a form of duress upon him, because that's completely violating her duty as an attorney to her client. So there's all kinds of nasty issues with her. Uh, but let's talk about the, the thing that I would actually fight for her because her partners trying to force her out of their law firm is discrimination. Well, and that's even back up because they find out that she's got this medical condition, the ALS diagnosis. And I'm not clear from their conversation if that was something they obtained because all the parties, like all the partners agreed to sign waivers, like we will disclose or you have the right to access my medical records. Or it kind of seemed like they just somehow had a source, in which case there are obviously huge violations of HIPAA there. I mean, we all have a right to medical privacy for exactly this reason. You don't get to discriminate against people in the workplace because of medical conditions. So, um, yeah. So that was obviously the first huge thing. I'm like, all right, you have already um, broken some sort of law to get this information, most likely. Which makes me wonder, are the writers who generally are doing a lot of good work with this show and the characters and and what's happening, did they not research the legal issues? Or are they just trying to create such an appalling situation to get everyone to sit up to go, what? No. Because throwing somebody out of a partnership – because they have an LLP for them to take the position of you don't have symptoms now, but you could in the future. You're still competent to practice law, but we have a fiduciary duty to the firm. So we're going to force you out. That's like saying if a woman got pregnant, well, you clearly can't maintain your duties to the law firm and we have a fiduciary duty. So because you're going to be a mom, you're out. Discrimination. 
like, or to go, oh, a man's going to take paternity leave because he's going to be a father to fire him for that. Mm-hmm. Or to go, uh, you well, for any disability, too. I mean, even if you are disabled, mm-hmm. you have a right to a reasonable, if you can still perform your essential job duties um, with reasonable accommodations, you still get to do that. So even at some point, let's say she gets physically limited, um, you know, and needs extra assistance for that for whatever reason, that would still be considered a reasonable accommodation. Accommodation, as long as it doesn't put too big a burden on the business. So that's another thing, too, that even if you do have disabilities, there are obviously things to the ADA, which will hopefully still stay intact in some form. Um, there are protections. So there's both the short-term disabilities um, and maternity leave or other, you know, maternity-related health issues. But then there's, yeah, just all kinds of other leave for a host of other um, kind of disability issues. So, yes, she would have protection. Some of those are limited in, like, the size of the business that's governed by them. But as Josh, you pointed out before, the firm does seem big enough that they would probably – be given what you said they have two floors of a big fancy high rise they've got enough employees yeah so it's just it smacks of horrific intent she's still competent to practice law it's one thing if she was no longer competent to practice law yes okay that's or if she got disbarred like those are issues that go red flag we can't have you around anymore and when you look at all the crap that she's done there's plenty of grounds to disbar her. Yeah. Yeah, if they wanted to get rid of her on other grounds, that would be one thing. But or even a sexual harassment suit that they settled for her. Yeah, like, again, don't go banging your secretary. And yeah. She's a direct report. This is a Me Too issue, yes. You should terminate her for that if she's those sort of kind of gross abuses at work. Yeah, even though there's probably a lot of good issues for consent and other things with that but it's just you you don't want to have sex at work probably a great way to go this is not a good plan uh, to sexually touch your secretary on your desk at the office no good will come from that no although now i want to do the seinfeld reference where george got in trouble for having sex with the housekeeper at his office and he gets called on the carpet by his boss and he's like is that wrong because if anybody told me that was wrong i wouldn't have done it (laughs) it's a whole funny episode anyway for those of you old enough to remember seinfeld (laughs) it's just just, you shouldn't have to have a warning label on that one Hey. Do not congratulate. Some things apparently you need lots of warning labels for. <laughs> but this this is just one of those things. Don't do that. I know. Uh, but it does make it interesting. Though. But anyway, back to Jerry. It does the whole corporate intrigue. And then, um, you know, then her, of course, trying to, like, somehow find something to blackmail or, I guess, force the partners to fall in line with her. Then there's that whole digging up of information there. Um so as a whole, like I said, I love that kind of corporate intrigue. So I could just watch that back and forth all season. Yeah. Um, again, we tick a little differently. And uh, um, and I don't, I won't go too far because there's stuff that happens in the latter half with episodes you haven't seen yet that continues to dig deeper into that. That's okay. Uh, you can spoil that part. I just don't want the mom part spoiled. No, I'm not going to. Oh, so, all right. Well, thanks. Because I respect you, and I would not do that. 
No. Well, thank you. Well, let's talk a bit. So let's go on to the mom. Um, so it is interesting, this whole idea of we find out that both Jessica and her mom survived the crash. And the same doctor from that IGH operated on both of them, basically brought them both back from the dead, right, without him. And I forget the doctor's name. Gary is his, right? Yeah, I, I would need to look at my notes. I think it's Gary. Anyway, um, she, he saves them both. But, uh, of course, in doing so, turns them into power people. And in the case of the mom, turns her into somebody with a major rage issue who basically goes around killing people when she gets angry. So I'm like, that, to me, is also a whole. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of sci-fi that kind of delves into this area. But, um, heck, well, even, I guess, Frankenstein's monster is a little bit kind of this sort of idea, right? Um, um, so that I thought was a very interesting idea too. And of course, to me, the first question that came up was this whole, okay, if you have patients coming in the door that are about to die, if, unless you operate on them or treat them in some way, do you have to get consent? And generally the rule is, is that no, consent is not required in an emergency. So if the doctor thinks that there's something that they need to do, um, to save someone's life in an emergency, they can do that. Um, when it comes to kids, as a matter of fact, they can even do it over the parents' objections at a time. Um, states, a lot of time, have a right to actually kind of override the parents, although obviously there's been lots of high-profile cases involving religious choices and all of that. Um, so uh, so I thought that kind of idea that, you know, obviously there's a whole host of other problems with the doctor that we can get into, but this idea if he did say, okay, I have a treatment that can save them, he doesn't need to get consent. Now, whether what he was doing was okay or acceptable is all kinds of other things there then. Yeah, because it, it goes beyond going through extraordinary measures to falsifying death certificates. If they were still alive or corpses is also an unknown issue and transferring them to a pseudoscience facility where they were going to be experimented on a la... Dr. Mengele style. Right. And that's that's not okay because we've passed international treaties on experimenting on people because of that nastiness that happened in World War II with, oh, look, twins, let's experiment on one. We have zero tolerance for that as a society because we went, that's evil. We do. What's interesting is that the FDA, because obviously you're right, there's a whole lot of evil experimentation and obviously a lot of, I think, some of the sci-fi probably did come out of some of those horrific examples from World War II. Um, and of course, we have done experiments here, right? Like, let's see when we inject a whole bunch of people with syphilis kind of thing. So there has been horrific stuff that has resulted from doctors who are like, no, no, I'm trying to advance medical science. But apparently the FDA does provide that you can use experimental drugs or devices in emergency situations without consent. But they have some qualifications on this, I think, to try to mitigate like the, the dangers that can happen. So the idea is, is that the community at large has to know that this research into the drug or device is going on. You have to have a community 
committee that keeps track of the results and you have to have provisions in place so that way the experimental use can be stopped immediately if like the need arises so obviously none of those things were happening here and obviously those sort of things apply to like experimental cancer drugs or things like that but again this is even without consent usually you hear about those experimental drugs patients willingly signing up for them so I did think that was interesting that you know in theory of course this guy knew that he'd never be able to pass any of the tests if he really thought he had these experimental things and was sharing them with the community at large there might have been some way under which he could have done this but then when you do end up with somebody um like the poor mom who has these major rage issues she can't control i'm like oh my god what do you do there not what he did <laughs> because, no. because um, now we've had other Marvel shows where this has come up we, mm-hmm. uh, Luke Cage we had the illegal prison experiments taking place which also mm-hmm. brought into the, the peer review and those making sure that the experiments were humane and the prisoners actually agreed to them as right. opposed to being forcibly subjected to human medical experimentation right well, also, Agents of Shield with Phil Coulson with Ooh, his with Project his, Tahiti. Yes, with his resurrection, which was problematic because how do you get consent from a dead guy? Yeah, once you're actually dead, that's I think even more problematic. Unless there's an advanced health directive or somebody who had power of attorney through a will, that would that's the way that it could have worked out for Coulson. So we don't know what kind of employment contract he had with Shield, whether or not they would allow for that. I hereby uh, consent for you to bring me back from the dead. I have that in my law firm agreement. (laughs) We should now update all of our clients' wills with this information. (laughs) Just in case. Uh, Non-compete, non-solicitation, and right to bring you back from the dead. That's what all employers want now. Okay, I don't want to be put into a pet cemetery, but other (laughs) advanced science is okay. So as long as it's not like creepy, mystical, satanic, we're we're cool with this. However, that's that's not important right now. Um, What is with the kids being experimented on without consent, without parental consent, uh, with forged death certificates. Mm-hmm. You know, the world didn't know what happened to them. Right. Uh, and Jessica's 17 missing days, ripe with issues, uh, even though she did survive and uh, had other issues. Her alcoholism and other problems didn't pick up until after what happened with the Purple Man. Right. So up until that point, it was Trish who was the one screwed up because of mm-hmm. overbearing mommy and her child like, actress. Yeah, her doing the Britney Spears thing, but like cranked up to twenty on the sluttiness. Cray so, cray. Yeah, just not okay. Not okay. I I want to buy you food, help you. Um, <laughs> Josh is a very nurturing side. He's like, I want to buy food. I want to do your laundry. I'm like, I'll hang out and talk to you. I'm like, but I'm not doing anything for you. <laughs> I want to help you get better. I'm going to stay with you. I'll open some windows, like get some fresh air and turn on some lights. That's what I'll all do. Pour buckets of ice on you in the bathtub. We're going to get through this. But but no, um, that's the stuff that bothers me. Um, anyway, uh, lots of issues there. Um, there's the other issue that... You know, there was the potential eviction. Yes. Jessica not being a protected class. Uh, but we find out through investigation that the new super 
is super good at forging passports and was able to get the property owner's boyfriend from, what was it, Cambodia? I think so. Uh, to enter the United States on forged papers. So, like, that is a crime. Yeah. We shouldn't have to explain that that's a crime, but forging documents is a crime. Especially government documents. Yeah, forcing passports with the intent for terrorism, that carries 25 years in prison. Whoa. So I didn't find what the just forging it for the sake of forging it is, but it's... For love. Forging for love. Yeah, that's um, not in this political climate. Um, (laughs) We're breaking up families left and right. I know. We don't care if you have children here. (laughs) No. We don't care if somebody's sick. Yeah. Uh, Not going to go there. Anyway, those are those are great issues that happen within this. Um, like every every episode has a bunch. The one that I thought was clearly illegal, but also really kind of the most out of the blue, was the other the competing PI. Is it Cheng? Right? Yeah. Where he's just like, "Hey, I'm mad, so I'm going to go try to murder you," kind of thing. I thought that because he seemed obviously angry and bro dude and other stuff. But I'm like, that like jump from also like being mad. I can see like him tracking down, trying to prove a case against her, but he's just like, I'm going to go up and now I'm just going to shoot you dead. That to me was a real jump. Clearly illegal, but a real jump. Yeah, going from I'm going to try to recruit your assistant to break into your apartment and steal all your case files and then get mauled in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, now... This is also one of Jerry's ethical issues. She accepted representation of him and then dropped him. Well, and even before that, she basically offered to drop the case against Jessica. And while lawyers get to make some decisions, um, there are certain decisions that they don't get to make. And so, yeah, that would be one that she would not get to make without talking to the client. Yeah, because it's his rights. Mm -hmm. And and Jerry was stomping all over his rights. Yes. Uh, now, he did engage in antagonistic behavior, but up until Jessica beat the crap out of him, um, he hadn't crossed any lines yet. Not mm-hmm. ethical, sure, but not not legal. Um, he was just a schmuck and doing things to antagonize her. Now, now why would you go antagonize an alcoholic, super-powered woman with anger issues is bus beyond me because that just screams bad life decision. Yeah, that is not wise. No, it's just... So, let's just say that she smacked you upside the head, which normally would not, like, dislocate your jaw, <laughs> but in her situation could could be horrific trauma if not fatal mm-hmm. from her she, she, she looks like she's 120 <laughs> so you go like "Ooh, what are you gonna do and if it's like throw a building at you that's like not okay so there's some serious issues there with him making bad life decisions but jerry couldn't just decide for him no especially with this weird work relationship that she had in retaining him. And I mean, there's, there's some conflicting fiduciary duties there that aren't okay. 
There are, I have seen some attorneys take on some crazy conflicts that I'm like, I don't understand that. So in theory, but yeah, that does seem weird. Yeah, you, I don't know, having the client back and forth. Yeah, that is all weird. So how far did you see with the mom up until episode nine? Because I'm, I would need to look at my notes to see. I know. So they're both still hiding out in the apartment. Um, okay. And poor Jessica's trying to figure out what to do. And again, that is an awful spot to be put in. On the one hand, she knows her mom is wrong and has murdered people. She also understands this because of this rage thing caused by Gary, the doctor. But, um, you know, she doesn't want to lose her mom again forever. But yeah, what do you do? I'm like, that is like the worst dilemma to be put in. Yeah, she... You know, at that point, she's flirting with turning into an accessory after the fact. Right. Or obstruction of justice kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. So there's all kinds of problems that she's creating for herself. Well, and she's now kidnapped Chang, right? I mean, I understand, you know, to buy herself time to figure out a solution, and she did save his life, but you don't get to then hold him in a bathtub. Yeah, but he did shoot her. So yes, I agree. Well, that's what she pointed out. That's where she's like, I can point out that, yeah, he'd be up for a Class B felony right now. So. And it's like, and you shot me, so let's call it even. So yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, mulligan. That's the wash. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at it that way, I see where you're coming from and understand why you were upset. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, the issues with the mom should be part two to this because there's a lot there. Um, one of the things that bothered me about this, and we can go into it when you finish it completely, are normally rational characters who are making really bad life choices. Right? Which, to be fair, I would say that is a whole reason like we get to watch TV shows and movies, right? Like if you watch people make good life decisions all the time, most of our lives would be pretty boring. Like, you know, so that is the frustrating thing, but it's also the thing that often moves a plot forward is somebody's like, hey, I'm going to choose a stupid option here. Yeah, but they, they're all choosing the stupid option. Every time. Yeah, and everyone's digging in with, no, I'm right. It's like, okay, all of you have communication problems. All of you think you're on the right. You've thrown the rule book out the window. Yeah. No longer behaving by societal norms. So this is all naughty and you need to stop it because things <laughs> keep escalating the more that you're doing this as opposed to, okay, you don't want your mom to end up on the raft. Okay. Call Foggy and let's figure this out. So um, Jerry was a mistake. Uh, but that's those are issues uh, they are issues i watch those tv shows and i'm like i like my boring life thank you very much yeah it's there's a perk to e-discovery because you know bullets don't come through the window but that's uh what do i know <laughs> so um we'll need to do a follow-up to this and yes um, I know you've, you've been like doing trial prep and some other stuff, uh, but we need to talk about what's happened in Thor uh, up until issue 705 and the uplog, which will be 706. Oh. Uh, uh, yes, we do. All right, well, let me get through this next week, and then hopefully I'll be able to start playing catch-up. Yeah, so, audience, there's a lot Stay of good Stay tuned. Stuff. There's, yeah, there's... There's a lot of good stuff to talk about, and it might just be pure geekism because I inadvertently wore a Thor T-shirt to the comic store today, and I was like, "Oh, Thor came out!" So um, nice, one of my favorite characters. So that he and Cap, 
Um, so, yeah, good stuff there. Um, hey, one quick random plug. Speaking of Thor, I just saw today um, uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson are going to be in the new Men in Black, Black reboot, which I had no interest in until I heard there was going to be the two of them together. And I'm like, and now I'm interested. They had good chemistry, so good for them. Awesome. Yeah, so that'll be fun. I'm glad they're getting more work together. So Me too. But Yay. Well, have fun at WonderCon. Okay. Yes, for those who didn't listen to the last episode, WonderCon, March 23rd, we have our mock evidentiary hearing on disputed facts for a preliminary junction on whether R2-D2 and C-3PO can sue the cantina for discrimination. Nice. Yes, we actually have a cosplayer who will be uh, the bartender from the cantina. (laughs) We use the statement of facts or the uh, the witness statement developed from, from a certain point of view. Super excited about that. The lawyers are beyond geeky for this. Judge Beckerman is awesome and she's ready to go for this. Uh, then we also have our Lawyers vs. Kaiju panel with uh, Matt Weinhold from Monster Party will moderate that bad boy. Wow. And uh, Monty Cooper from Orc, who's the grandnephew of Marion Cooper who created King Kong. Ooh. So uh, he knows a lot about King Kong. So Yeah. Uh, who knew? Uh, so we'll talk about that and Godzilla and Gamera and a bunch of other fun topics. And, uh, you know, in the, in the months been prepping for this, I've been collecting Godzilla toys left and right. So, um, so yeah, that's the other thing that uh, um, keeps me single. So, yeah. <laughs> well, have fun. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Thank you so much. So, America. Um, before I say the sign-off, if you've enjoyed us, please leave a review on iTunes. Uh, you know, that's a great way for us to help get more listeners. Uh, the higher ratings and reviews uh, do help people find us. We're also available on Stitcher, Spotify, nice. and Google Play. So there's a bunch of options on how to listen to us besides iTunes. So that, stay geeky, America. Stay geeky. <laughs>